This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. This is Jordan Owandi. Today is a special evening. Uh, we got the world famous. How can I describe this woman? world famous <laughs> <laughs> She is, uh, let's say, a bartender, a socialite, a man eater. Um, but yeah. Those are my words, not hers. But Pilar, Re- Pilar <laughs> Reyes, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a hard woman to uh, to track down. Um, so I'm, how are, I'm on the internet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. So how you been? Good. I know we had to like reschedule this like a couple of times, but you know, an insurrection happened, and I feel like that's a great reason to uh-huh. like reschedule things. Yeah. So what's going on in your life right now? Oh, man, just like this quarantine thing is happening. I don't know. Like, I've been doing a little bit of quarantine dating, and that's definitely been, like, pretty interesting. And then it has kind of turned into, I guess, insurrection dating, and that's also been a little bit interesting. But What does yeah. quarantine date, dating uh, consist of? Uh, it's It's weird. So... Like, I was dating somebody at the beginning of this, and that was cool, but then, I don't know, the circumstances of sheltering in place with somebody kind of brings out the worst in a relationship sometimes. Uh-huh. So then I started doing online dating, and... Wait, uh, were you guys living together before this, or...? No, no. We were, it was like, oh, it's a very short thing. Oh, okay. It was a very casual thing. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't, like, the casual dating relationship I want for the end of the world, so let me, like, see what my options are. Yeah. Uh, and so I got on back on the online dating app, and that's been interesting because there's like a whole slew of like responses to like how you deal with quarantine during dating uh which uh do you which uh online apps are you on um hinge and tinder okay if if, if anybody sees me (laughs) (laughs) all right uh but yeah it's interesting because some people were just like hey let's meet up immediately and some people are just like we're gonna like online date for the next three months and like we can do zoom calls and both both of those are like kind of dissatisfying yeah, who the fuck? I'm so tired of these Zoom calls and Zoom concerts and all that bullshit. It's, I mean, it's just annoying to me. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Like, has anyone ever uh, said go on a Zoom date with me? Um, So I have been on, like, two Zoom dates with, like, one dude who's, like, immune compromised. But he's, like, cool. Like, my idea behind it was, like, if I just, like, Zoom date this person forever, I guess it's, like, long distance dating somebody in my neighborhood, but... Mm-hmm. It's not like what, what you guys do on a Zoom date? Huh? <laughs> Our rooms. <laughs> Just stare at each other and talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That sounds boring. You yeah. still talk to them? Yeah. I mean, this was like two, as of like the last two weeks. Okay. It is. It is interesting because it's like I'm a bar person. Like I'm used to like going out to bars and meeting people. Like that's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And without that, it was kind of like a moment of like, oh, who am I in this like new circumstance if I can't go to like the bars? Did you do you get a lot of uh, matches on Tinder? Uh, yes, uh, I have seen how the men have it on Tinder, and I do not have it like a man. I have it like a woman. 
And what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, lots of matches. I have definitely sat in bars with my male friends and have them like, we'll both be on Tinder together and like, I'll get like 10 matches in like 15 minutes and they'll get zero matches after swiping a hundred people. <laughs> uh, so I am aware of the disparity on the dating apps. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, man. Yeah. Men have it hard on this Tinder shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you look for when you, uh, when you're on Tinder? Like what catches your eye normally? Um, when you're swiping. Oh gosh, from swiping, just somebody who's not like basic as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that's like hard to describe because that's like different for every person. But it's like, I don't know, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. Like, I'm into like radical shit happening. Like, I go to bars all the time. I need somebody who's not like coming off as like, I don't know, as like a feminist. You kind of have like these weird filters where just like, is this dude gonna like mansplain shit to me? Is he gonna be hella creepy? Like, but there are all these different like criteria that you have to kind of like get around where you're just like at the point where like I feel safe like meeting this person. It's not going to be a total wa- waste of my time and mm. he's not going to be like completely boring. Yeah. So when you yeah. when you're looking at ten, do you uh, just look at the first picture or do you like go through the whole profile, read the shit and then make a decision? Oh, I read the whole shit. <laughs> oh, you're one of those? Yeah. I mean, do a lot of women do that or it's just because men, they just look at that first picture and be like, you know. Yeah, because I think it's because, like, with men, because they're just like, I'm going to keep swiping right until, like, somebody likes me. With yeah, women, totally we're just true. like, if you did that, you just have, like, so many matches in there that it would be, like, impossible to, like, sift through. So I'm like, I'm only swiping on people where I'm like, yeah, I would actually talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a horrible uh, Tinder story? Do I have a horrible Tinder story? Oh, man, probably. Let me, like, go back to my Rolodex of, like, all my horrible stories <laughs> and which one is specific to Tinder. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't because I'm a bar person, like for me, online dating has always just kind of been like a thing that I do in the morning before like I go out at night. Mm-hmm. So like I've only actually taken online dating seriously in the past like month and a half. Yeah. Uh but I think I've been the horrible Tinder date when I've been on Tinder dates before cuz like I'll just, I definitely remember like inviting some dude to some like punk show that my friend was throwing and he like showed up and I was already drunk and like with some other dude and I was just like, I don't want to do this and like <laughs> wasted the fuck out of his time to come to West Oakland when it, before gentrification. So it was like actually a grimy ass trek. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did I, he talk to you again after? No. no? <laughs> Not okay. after I left the party with somebody else. <laughs> so, uh, What's the difference between Tinder and Hinge? It's just like the same dudes on there? Um, Tinder is definitely like, there's a lot more people on it. Hinge is like, there are fewer people on it, but I find that it tends to like adapt to what you're swiping right on and what you like. So I don't really like tech bros. So I like Hinge because they're filtering out all the tech bros for me first. And it's like, cool. I don't have to look at that. But mm-hmm. on Tinder, you have to sift through all the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever had like a, I know this uh, girl, right? She has a friend who was gay. Uh-huh. Who, I mean, who is gay. And he came out to visit her and he was on Tinder. Oh, it wasn't Tinder. It was, it was, uh, it was that gay. It was grinder. like the gay. Yeah. Grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> within one day, he literally met up with, I think about like five or six dudes, had sex with all of them. <laughs> Before he uh, caught a uh, like a red eye flight, he had a, like a schedule. Like oh, I'm gonna go see this guy at twelve, have sex with him, 
Then at two, I'm meet, I'm meet, meeting this dude. So he had like a full day of guys. It was about like six guys that he like meets and have sex with. Have you ever done that? Um, I was so I think my max number is three. Um, but it wasn't like coordinated. It wasn't like a coordinated sex vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the gay community. I have a lot of respect for them and the way that they get down. Uh, yeah, as they a don't. Woman, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> I feel like even me, my peak, not giving a fuck. Like I don't think I could do that. It's mm. just there. The, it's a, it's a lot, and it's not necessarily like the culture. Like I would feel safer about doing something like that if, like, culturally, like people supported women like doing something like that. I don't know if they supported women doing stuff like that. If I would actually do it, but so no, I haven't done that. So explain exactly. this. So explain this day where it was three people. How did how did the day go? <laughs> how did the day go? Okay, so this was like. I think this was like a long ass time ago. No, wait. Actually, I just remembered that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first one was like, I was definitely like partying all day or was partying all the time back then. I was like living in San Francisco. And I think I like met up with some dude at like noon, like hooked up with him, like was in the neighborhood of this other dude I was hooking up with, hooked up with him. And then like got a text message from some dude like in another neighborhood and was like, I'm going to go hang out with this dude too. Because like, that's literally all I did all day. Was this like hours uh, in between each other or? Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely like hours in between. I'd Um, say like like, one or two hours. I'd say it was like, it was like noon six and like 11 were like the hours where it was like it was definitely like i actually spent quality time with this person and hooked up with them and then was like this is it's not like rude for me to go like right now it makes sense for me to leave like we have the rest of the day so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna ask you some weird questions now so when you when you fuck the one the first guy do you uh i mean i'm assuming did you take a shower no (laughs) (laughs) i think i was like 23 and i was being grimy as fuck damn so you went from the first dude to the second dude with his smell and shit all still yeah, on Yeah, totally. Yeah, and then great. also the third one. Yeah, that's, that's dope. I mean, I was like, I uh, really into hookup culture and shit like that. So you have a big, se- you have a like a big sex drive. Um. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Do you think it's bad that uh, women, like if you, like if you were to tell that story to like an average man, they'll think of you some type of way do you do you, well i know you think it's bad that men and women uh view things differently when it comes to sex yeah totally yeah i mean that's a i guess that's the other thing about like dating is like so as you know i used to have like a sex blog and i used to put like all my grimy exploits on there yeah we're, we're gonna get into that later yeah <laughs> so i mean when it comes to like dating and that's like another thing where it's like when i'm filtering people out on tinder i'm always like well this person can go read about like all this like insane shit that i've done like on a sexual level like i need to be with a man who's like woke enough or like queer enough or like down enough to like not be threatened by that mm-hmm. and it takes like a certain level of like confidence and I don't know. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say masculinity, but it's not necessarily masculinity, but like self-assuredness in one's own sexuality, which I guess for men is tied to masculinity, uh, to date someone who didn't really ever give a fuck about like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are you bisexual? Um, I, 
mostly just date men. Like I have slept with women in the past, but it's been such a long time that I can't identify as anything other than straight right now. Now, when you say slept with, uh, are you talking about just you and her or just like you, you two girls with a guy and then you guys just happen to touch <laughs> each other's tits or something? Uh, I'm talking about like two women that I've like actually slept with and then no three women I've actually slept with and then there's like group sex occasions where it's like that's a cool thing to do uh yeah when uh do you think this is a question it might you might think it's a dumb question but do you uh think women can have sex with other women because to me sex is define the way I define sex is penetration like I have (laughs) I have to penetrate you in order to have sex yeah. And then and I don't think women I mean women can't penetrate each other so I don't really because I asked this one girl, right? I said if a if a girl gives me a head and that's it, do you think we had sex? And she'll say no. And then I was like, well, if a guy gives a girl head, do you think that's sex? And she was like, no. Then I was like, well, if a girl gives you head, is that sex? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, what the, what how do you explain that? <laughs> So this is definitely something where like I wish there were like a member of the lesbian community I could defer to because like I know that they have like a lot more like informed opinion on I mean, like well, who cares a fuck about that? What's just what's your opinion? My opinion my opinion is I feel like a lot of it is like technicality and people get really like caught up in like is is this like sex? And granted you can't have penetration with women where it's just like, you know, you can do strap ons. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, I would definitely consider like giving and receiving head with women, like having sex. And I guess when it comes to like men and women, I would classify it more in like, like a hookup in, in, in that sense. But I don't know. I guess for me, I'm not super concerned about like whether or not it, it constitutes having sex with somebody because like, it's like what am i doing am i counting am i like talking about cheating on somebody like in what context do i have to define that it absolutely is sex or not sex and i'm just like i don't know it's fun like you call it whatever you want to call it did you have a good time like that's that's what i'm concerned about okay have you ever uh you said you had group sex before have you ever like pegged a guy no i'm not really that's not really on my bucket list i'm more of like a submissive person So. Are you into like uh, BDSM and all that? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so you like to be tied up and like beat and shit? Uh, well, it is like not necessarily those things. So when I talk to people that I'm dating about like being into BDSM and stuff, like we have conversations about like what I'm into and what they're into. Sometimes dudes think that because a woman's into BDSM, that just means like you're going to like hit her and choke her. Yeah. Um, and that if you do that without consent, it's abuse. Uh, <laughs> so that's why I'm just like, yeah, I'm into that stuff. But like people get the sense that they can just like come in hot. I'm just like, no, 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 that's not how it works. Like it's like, it's about communication and like the kinkiness of it. And like, I don't know the idea of like pain and I don't know, just like pushing one's boundaries. But it's like, if you do that in a way that like makes people uncomfortable, like it does, it does border on abuse if you like do it incorrectly. And so a lot of people have these misconceptions about BDSM. Have you ever had a bad experience with BDSM? Like where it got too rough? Where it got too rough. No, I mean, I guess like, 
with when I had this one time with somebody that I was like just hooking up with casually and we used to like drink a lot and do a lot of blow and like just get like super fucked up. Mm-hmm. And so, and this person was like new coming from a background of like MMA fighting, like knew all about like safe ways to choke people. So like, I felt very comfortable with it. The MMA motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah, totally. But they, they know where the line is between like, you're going to hurt somebody and like, you're not going to hurt somebody. But then like, we were like super fucked up and I definitely like passed out and like woke up with like, you know, my, my eyes were bleeding or like the blood vessels had burst. (laughs) And that was when I had had the realization of like, maybe I should like have a conversation with this person about like what constitutes like safe choking, because like, I don't want to have like bloodshot eyes and like brain damage. Yeah. So that was one time for sure. Choking is always uh, a slippery slope because you don't want to like, I mean, I've had girls saying, choke me, choke me. And then you're like, like how, hard do i choke this girl like i don't want to like fuck up her like neck and shit or so choking is like i don't i don't really i mean i'll do it if she asks but it's like it's like a like a i don't know it's just weird to to do yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why i suggest a professional or someone who's trained if that's what you're into Mm. so um you mentioned your 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 sex block uh can you explain this like what did you what was it and what made you create it uh so i had this blog called fuck feast it was the url was Mm fuckfeast.net um and i started it in 2012 um and the reason i started it was because i was like unemployed um i come from a family of writers and i have like a background in writing so blogging was like at this very kind of like exciting period so i was like i'm gonna start a blog and i was like i guess i'll just write about the only thing i know because i was like oh i was like 23 at the time i was like what else do i know like apart from my sex life and how much i party so uh i would just write about like stuff that was going on in oakland and yeah it was definitely an exciting interesting experiment what was uh why the name fuck feast um i think i was just like into the idea of like alliteration and like swear words and something that like as a woman writing about sex was like i wanted to like talk about like the abundance of like sex out there as opposed to like having it be you know i just wanted to be like something that like sex is for everybody like even women like this is like a celebration that we're coming to and like fuck being a bad word kind of like hearkening more towards like the fact that it was like happening in Oakland as opposed to like somewhere like San Francisco. Like it was more in the like grimy, like bar culture aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So that's like those two words. And I don't know, it rolls off the tongue. So did you get any, I mean, you were writing about your personal experiences with men, correct? Yeah. So did you get any, were you like mentioning names of guys? Oh, hell no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Did did anyone like hit you, be like, I mean, hit you back and be like, yo, I know this story is about me. Like, blah, blah, blah. Why'd you do that? Or did you get any other backlash (laughs) from women? Like, why the fuck are you writing about this? Yeah. Um, I didn't really get so much like backlash from women. I think, uh... There was, I mean, during that time in like 2012 to like, I guess like 2016, like that brand of like slut wave feminism was becoming like super trendy. Uh, so people tend to have responded really positively to it. I would say with like two people that I dated, um, who were featured prominently in the blog, one of them fucking hated it and mm. the other one loved it. So mm. it was interesting to like be with those two different kind of reactions. 
So how long were you writing the blog or do you still do it? Um, so I was writing that blog from like 2012, well, 2012 to 2017. I ended it a while ago because of that one boyfriend who didn't like it, unfortunately. Uh, and then I started a second one that is like more general and less like sexual because I've gotten older. It's been 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you say you have a history in, uh, writing. Tell me your, uh, did you go to school for it? Um, no, I actually, I didn't even go to college, but Mm -hmm. so as a sex blogger, uh, I think that it comes with no irony that, uh, the background that I have in writing is that my family, um, actually runs a magazine. It's an ultra conservative Catholic magazine and they run it out of their house. So that's how I grew up. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. You grew up in a whole religious family? Yeah. Which is, that explains, that explains your, uh, your wildness. Were you like sheltered growing up? Oh yeah, totally. Like parents were like, thing. "Oh, you gotta wait till marriage to have sex and all." Yeah, that? totally. <laughs> when did you lose your virginity? Um, when I was seventeen. Okay, you prom or something? No, I actually didn't go to prom because <laughs> I was like too much of a punk back then. But it was like some dude that I was like kicking with in the, in the neighborhood. He was a grown man. No, he was like my age. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue your. Uh, so your family owns a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A magazine. magazine. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, they're more chill now, but it was like, yeah, I guess like my parents, in terms of like how conservative it was, they definitely like supported things like shock therapy for gay people and like super anti-abortion. And my sister was like in an abusive relationship and they're like, you can't divorce him, like kind of Catholic. So obviously I went completely in the opposite direction uh, and was like, let me do like the same, but different, <laughs> which is, you know, all the like sexual hangups that people get from Catholicism. Did your family ever read your uh, sex blog? Yes, that was very awkward. <laughs> my mom, I was supposed to like see my mom one day and she was like sitting in the car in front of my house and she was like crying and I was like, what's going on? And so like sometimes I would have people do guest posts and like, I fuck with like sex workers. So I had a friend who was a sex worker and she had posted something about like meeting up with a John and like doing some hardcore sex stuff. And my mom was like sitting in the car and she was like, Pilar prostitution, really prostitution. Um, and I totally support sex workers. Uh, yeah. and you know, sex work is real work, but it definitely was like a harrowing moment with my mom, especially cause she got it wrong. But and then just to have that conversation continuing where she was like, your brother read that stuff. Like he told me that like you said X, Y, and Z and like blah, blah, blah. I don't know how like they found my blog because I mean, I wasn't like putting it out there like that, but I just was like, I was like, yeah, this is what I do. Like, do you, you think prostitution me. should be legal? Oh yeah, totally. Or at least like decriminalized and like supported Again, this is something like I support like sex workers and they have like a really like well thought out intelligent like idea for how to like make sex work like less dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I am not super well versed in it, but I support what they support. Have you ever sold your, your coochie? I have not. Um, but I was actually thinking about it because like there's all these protests going on, uh, that I, I did do sex work one time. Uh, what type of sex work? Uh, it was very easy. So I was like living in this house in San Francisco and there was this guy who was like a gay male stripper and he was like, Hey, like I want to bring somebody to like hang out with like this John. He has this like suite up in Tahoe. Like you don't have to do anything sexual. He just wants like a man and a woman there. You just have to like take off your clothes and like make out with me. 
So, uh, this is the gay guy talking. Yeah, yeah, okay. totally. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, I can do that. So, mm-hmm. and he was like, and he's going to like jerk off and then like buy us dinner and you have to watch him jerk off. And I was like, that's fine. <laughs> and it paid really well. Uh, and How much did it pay? It was like $1,400 for like a two, two nights. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, is this after a famous that, guy in like the tech world? No, I don't even, I don't even know who he is. Like, out, out that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> He's honestly, he was very old, but like, mm. I don't, I have no idea, okay. but yeah. So that was like my one experience with sex work. And I was thinking, right, wait, about wait, it. wait, wait, don't, the, the story's not done yet. Oh. <laughs> so you guys go up to Tao. Uh-huh. He like, you drive, drive up there or what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We drove up, you drive up there with him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I drive up there with my roommate. He's okay. the dude's already there. And this is a hotel or a house house. Okay. His house, his house, his vacation house. Okay. So you guys go there and you guys stay what the whole weekend. Yeah, we're like two days. Like, so what are you doing the whole weekend? I mean, I'm assuming you're not like doing sex shit all weekend. No, it's like we did that thing in the bedroom like twice, mm-hmm. I think, and then it was like cool. We like went out on the boat. We like sat in a sauna. We went out to dinner. So it was we just three drinking. of you guys there. Yeah, it was like it was actually super cool. Uh, he didn't try to fuck no, no, uh, your uh, your roommate or nothing. No, that wasn't his deal. He was like he was like so a really weirdo. like gentle guy who just I think that wasn't like i i think he had like reached the point in his life where like the physical aspect of like being able to do that was like not an option for him i mean i'm assuming he was getting hard because he was like masturbating right watching you guys yeah he was like he was like very old though and like i guess i don't know how old he was but i think not knowing a lot about like what happens to men's men sexually as they age like i don't know if it's normal but it was like there were like some other things going on where it's like, you know, dudes have to like take Viagra and like, there's, I don't know. There was just stuff where it was like, it wasn't like some normal ass young dude. I was like, this dude definitely is like age has hit this man. What if he wanted to have sex? Would you? So actually I did do it a second time. And the second time, like when we were like in the bedroom and I was like making out with like my friend, he was like, Oh, suck his dick. And we hadn't discussed that beforehand. And I was like, no, because you know, I just was like, we didn't discuss that. We didn't discuss like money around that. Like, I haven't yeah. talked to this dude. Like, we haven't communicated. Um, and so I basically this was like, is, I don't so this, do that. I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is the second time the same weekend. Uh, no, we, so we did it on two different occasions, but oh, two then, different weekends, two different weekends. Okay. Yeah. So it was like one, it was in July, one was in June and one was in July. And I was like, I'm not going to suck this dude's dick. I was like, I'm not really into that right now. Mm. Um, would I have, if we had talked about it beforehand, like probably way more likely, but it's like popping that kind of shit, like in the middle where I was like, we had these defined boundaries and like, I expect to get paid this much for this boundary. And like, if we don't renegotiate, like I'm not doing it. Was your roommate, uh, was this the first? time you guys were like making out was yeah it, was it weird no it wasn't weird i think because i was just like stoked because i was like unemployed at the time as well i was just like fuck yeah i'm stoked to make this money <laughs> was your roommate like getting an erection and shit like w- was he down for you to suck his dick if you would have said all right I'll do i it. think he i think he would have been down but honestly i was like being very lazy about it <laughs> mm. i don't i don't even remember like what how he was about it so if you made like all that money just by doing that, what? Why didn't you continue to do it? Because um, most women be like, "Damn, I can get fourteen hundred dollars just by like kissing a guy." Because and- that is a really for somebody who's starting off in sex work. I learned that it's kind of like an unrealistically high amount of money to get for such a small amount of work. Um, yeah, 
I would say that among like sex worker friends I've talked to, like that can happen, but like it came so easily to me that like the next opportunities were like, oh, $300, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm going to do it for $300. Like I got $1,400. And apparently that was like way above market rate. Uh, so that's kind of why I never went back into it. Cause I was like, hell no, like I can make more money doing something else. Uh, so, all right. So what do you, uh, Let's talk about your upbringing. Okay, so you were born and raised in Oakland, correct? I was born in Oakland, and I grew up in Albany. What's your uh, nationality? Um, so my dad is Dutch, and my mother is Mexican and Filipino. Mexican and Filipino. They still married? Um, my dad's dead, but they were married up until his death two years ago. And you have one sister? Um, I have two sisters and one brother. You guys close? Um, kind of. Uh, I mean, wild children like you. <laughs> uh, so I'm the youngest child, mm. uh, and I'm definitely like the spoiled baby. Uh, so they're still kind of like religious, so we're close in a way where it's like I value them as like family members, but like I'm not going to call them and talk to them about like my dating life or anything like that. They all have like a ton of kids. So if you guys grew up in the same household, why do you think you uh, branched out and became the woman you are? Um, I mean, I'm assuming you guys were taught the same thing. You had the same parents. Yeah. You know saying all that. Yeah. So, um, so my, I have a brother and a sister who are like 15 and 17 years older than me respectively. So they weren't really in my house. Um, okay. but I do have a sister who's three years older than me and she's married with four kids and has like some government job. Um, and I guess like in terms of like how things were different, like it was just like a fundamental like personality difference. Like mm -hmm. I always, I don't know, like one of my life mantras is like, I do whatever I want. Like nobody can stop me. Mm -hmm. That's definitely not my sister's mantra. I don't know where I got that from, but I'm just like, yeah, you can't really tell me what to do. I do my own shit. So I always just kind of like rolled with it. And yeah. Are you religious? Um, in a way that is like Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> I considered myself to be Catholic in a Stockholm syndrome kind of way where <laughs> <laughs> it's like a culture that I was raised with that I have to like acknowledge is a part of me on like some fundamental level, even if I disagree with it. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. And um, what high school did you go to? Uh, Salesian High School in Richmond. Okay. What did you, what, when did you graduate? Uh, 2005. So after you graduated high school, what was your journey like? Um, so my journey after high school was, so my father being a very conservative white man um, told me that if I wanted to go to college, I had three options and they're all very ultra conservative Catholic schools in the Midwest. And I said, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Mm. Uh, so four days after I turned 18, I moved out to uh, the noodle factory, which is like 10 blocks away from here. It's now condos, but it used to be like an old rave house. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I just kind of like was young and doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you move that on your own or with people on my own. Okay. Rent was two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you had like a, a room in someone's house or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was it was like this like old maybe it was a converted factory but it was like they used to have raves there and there were like different apartments with like different rooms in there and mm -hmm. it was definitely like an interesting place so when did you start uh going on to like the party scene um i when i was like 16 16 <laughs> which is why i moved into a rave house when i was like 18 but yeah i mean that was a thing like 
I mean, like when I was coming here, it's like I went by Lobot. Like Lobot used to be like a party spot. Like mm. I don't know. I went to places like I don't know. I remember like the original Oaklandish on like Second Street in Jack London Square, and like mm. that amazing space that they were in. Like house parties, like all over the place. I partied more like in West Oakland on like the hipster circuit, like the arcade hipster circuit. But that all like I don't know. It's like it all comes together. Would your family? Uh Get mad at you. I mean, I'm assuming you do you date outside your race? Yes. <laughs> Would your fam does your family care about that? So I am, as I said, uh mixed race. Uh I come from a very mixed race background. Uh so my mom's parents are Mexican and Filipino. Um, and they got married in like I forget must have been like the nineteen thirties in Cal no, in in the nineteen thirties. They were from California, but they had to leave to go to Texas because interracial marriage was illegal in California at that point. Um, and but it then, was legal in Texas of all places. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, so they had to go to Texas to get married. Um, when my mom and my dad got married, my dad's very white uh, grandmother threatened to commit suicide because he was not marrying a white woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then among my siblings, like my sister, like married and had kids with a light skinned Creole dude. My brother's married to like a Mexican immigrant, and my sister's married to like somebody who's like also mixed race. So, like. On that one thing, like despite being very like conservative in a religious sense, like mm. very very good about the racial stuff. Okay, <laughs> Luckily. So what do you do now? Um, right now I am a liquor sales rep. I mm. work for a uh, co-op and we sell craft spirits, and it's a great job, and I love it. So, I mean, so what do you do exactly? You just like uh, well, you know, I guess what a sales rep is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, what I used to do was I used to go around to bars and like, be like, Hey, try this. Like, do you want to get it? Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, like really like handcrafted. It's not industrial made. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I know the people behind it. It's like family owned, like, et cetera, et cetera. But now that the bars are like pretty closed, uh, I do cold calls to like liquor stores and I'm like, Hey, do you want to like buy this like alcohol? Yeah. So what was your life like before, uh, this COVID-19 she was having, you were like going out every day? Yeah. Yeah. I was like going out a lot. Uh, I did go through like a breakup in January. So it was Uh like, yeah, I know, Eh, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So I think about like that. I was like definitely doing that on the like breakup tip, you know? (laughs) How long were you together with this guy? Uh, Like one to five years, I guess. (laughs) It would happen. It was not good. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) What wasn't good about it? Uh, we were not compatible on a fundamental level. Yeah. And I know that he doesn't want me to talk about him, so we should change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to talk about him either. <laughs> All right. All right. So you uh, you guys broke up, blah, blah, blah. And um, how long have you been at this position now? At my job? Um, almost three years now. Okay. But yeah, before that, I was like bartending a bunch. Where were you bartending at? Um, Penrose. <laughs> Penrose. I heard that name. Where is that at again? Uh, so Penrose, they actually changed their name to Almond and Oak after the owner, Charlie Hallowell, got outed in the Me Too movement. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah. So um, that dude, didn't he own a, he owned a pizza place, right? Yeah. And, uh, what yes. was the name of that pizza place? So he, so back in the day, he well, wait, owned- wait, 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 wait. Before we get into that, give me the whole story about uh, this <laughs> okay. man. Yeah, let's talk about it. I need a drink for that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I worked for Charlie Hallowell. So he owned 
Pizzaiolo, Boot and Shoe, and Penrose. Boot and Shoe, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, which is across the street from Penrose, which is now Almond and Oak, and Boot mm-hmm. and Shoe is now Sister, both awesome restaurants now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I had been working for him, and... So what was, it, what was his name again? Charlie Hallowell. And this is a... Was it a young man or old man? He was like in his... Uh, I want to say 40s, maybe he's early 50s now. White? Uh Yes, he is white, but he loved to tell people that he was black Irish, (laughs) which is another problematic aspect that didn't get covered. But (laughs) all right. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, white dude. Uh, And so, like, I worked for him for like a couple years. And uh, right then the Me Too movement happened after like the Trump election. And like I had like actually left um, for several reasons. It was kind of like dead end for me there. I could tell that there wasn't like an opportunity for growth in, in the direction I wanted my career to go. So I was like, I'm not going to stay here to like not grow at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really close with like another woman who was like my coworker and she was like a head server. And one night she was like, Hey, let's go get drinks. And she was like, yeah, all this me too stuff is crazy. And I was like, yeah, totally. And she's like, you know who I think like, needs to get called out. And I was like, who? And she said, Charlie Hallowell, like think about all the stuff that he did. Um, so there were a bunch of, uh, articles that came out, but I coordinated with her and like a bunch of other women. There were like 30 of us. Um, we coordinated with a reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, she called me and interviewed me. Um, so you organized the women coming together to out him. I don't want to take credit for women organizing. It was more my, uh, coworker, but I was definitely like in that first wave, of women and like I was quoted in the article, but they didn't use my name because I was like doing business with them at that time. And I was, they, I was like, I need to like make sure they pay their bills before I like put my name on this. <laughs> mm. So what, um, uh, I'm assuming this guy, did he do anything to you? Yes. Uh, do you want to tell that story? <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's see. How do I tell the story? So Charlie, had been talking a lot about babies and Charlie also was really into like the idea of like interracial babies. And he knew my boyfriend at the time who was like a black guy. Um, and so with these two things in mind, like I come to work one day and he's like going to one of my other coworkers and he's like, Hey, like, are you and your boyfriend going to have a baby? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Charlie, like, don't, don't do that. Like, that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh yeah. And, but then it like focused the attention back on me and like, he's, so did you, this is, I mean, this story that you're telling, this is the first time he stepped over the line or this is just one story. This, this is just one story. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then he came over to me and he was like, yeah, what about like you and your boyfriend? Like if you guys had like a little like baby, like I totally be down to like help you like take care of it, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever, dude, like I'm going to like do my thing. And then like later, like the restaurant opens and I'm like serving people behind the bar and he like comes behind the bar and he puts his arm around me and he was like, Hey, Bilar, like when's the last time like you let your boyfriend come inside you? And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Damn. He said that with like with customers at the bar. Yeah, I don't. He didn't. It's it's a loud restaurant, so I don't think anybody heard it. But I just remember like ducking and rolling like away and being like, "Oh my fucking god!" Like mm-hmm. I can't believe you just said that shit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he did like a lot of other stuff that was like there was a lot of sexual innuendo, but that one was like the one where I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I went up to him the next day and was like, "You can't talk to me like that. Like you can't say that shit." And like I told people about it, but what did he say? He said, "Oh, I didn't mean anything. I'm sorry." Or, yeah, canned response. He was just like, "Did he ever do it again?" Um, to you? Uh, a- 
after that one incident, I think that that was like more like the tail end of like me working there. So people knew that Charlie was problematic. And so they would try to keep Charlie like away from people. Um, and they would try to make sure that he didn't like come in too often. Cause that stuff happened all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like after having talked about like that experience, that's the one that's like the most brazen in my mind. Uh, I don't remember like what happened after or before. It's kind of a jumble now in all honesty. So what was the reason that you left uh, the restaurant? Um, Cause I wanted other career opportunities. Oh, okay. uh, so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't for, it wasn't because of the sexual harassment on it. I mean, that was definitely like a factor in it where it was like, yo, this is like incredibly uncomfortable. Like, and also feel that as a woman, like I can't really like move up in this, in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the price that I'm paying with this like degree of sexual harassment that I and everybody else has to deal with. Like I'd rather do something else for somebody else. Dude, would, if, if he would like made you like the manager of the restaurant, would you would have stayed? No. And dealt with all that? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you leave and then what happens? You meet up with, uh, one of your other old co-workers mm-hmm. and then what does she say she, what, what happened to her um oh gosh what happened to her god she they just had oh, i'm trying to remember what her story was i'm kind of forgetting what it was but i think it had something to do with like she wanted to be like psalm or manager or something and he made like a very like sexually explicit comment I'm not sure if it was like, I think that it kind of implied that they would like hook up and that there was like a sexual element to their relationship. Um, and that was like contingent, like that was a contingency of like her promotion. Uh, I might be getting it wrong, but I think that that was kind of like some of this, that was kind of like the milieu of like what was happening to like other people. So how many girls, uh, came forward to go to, to put this article out? Uh, I think there were at the highest count of people who were like speaking on it, it was like more than 30. So when the article came out, was he still like active, like owner and like still walking around doing what he was doing? Yes. And he still owns Pizzaiolo in, uh, Temescal. So when, the, so when the article, article came out, what, what, what happened after that? Uh, so the article came out, uh, and basically we were like, we want you to like sell your position in the restaurants. And he was like, I'm going to step down and not take salary for six months, which is very different from like divesting. Who was demanding this? Um, but that was basically like as a collective, that was like our demand to kind of like, you guys didn't like sue. We did sue. <laughs> that was like our first ask. So it's ironic because like our first ask wasn't, we didn't start with a lawsuit. We started with like, we want you to divest from these, from these restaurants. Cause you're like, you know, not bringing anything positive to the community. Uh, and so when he didn't do that, that's when we decided to sue, which is ironic because at the end of the day, he wound up having to divest from two of those three restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And divest, you mean what? So, like sold it oh he, he sold, sold that like he's no longer an owner okay and which restaurants does he not uh no longer own uh so penrose which is now almond and oak and uh boot and shoe which is now sister so who owns it now the employees um uh so somebody named rico who was the old chef at flora owns almond and oak and then jen oh it's a couple um who owns uh sister um one of the owner's name is jen but i forget her last name yeah so are you guys satisfied with that outcome because he still owns another restaurant probably doing the same thing um 
I guess it's definitely interesting. Like I would prefer to have him not be in the community. Um, I think that, you know, we've seen like what his ownership brings and I'm at a point where it's like, dude, the restaurant industry, like it's, there's so much happening. I'm excited to see like black women, women of color, like minorities, like immigrants, uh, people like that, like taking the narrative, like what's happening in the restaurant industry and having that be something super exciting. And it's like, I'd rather see the shift of focus go to like people like that succeeding in this industry as opposed to like a man that was, you know, sexually harassing people, um, having a, a chance for redemption. Like yeah. to me, that's not a story that's like interesting. Mm. Do you think, uh, because I mean, you said it yourself that you didn't, you didn't, uh, like come out until after you left. So do you think, uh, like some of the reason for that is because it happens so often that people just like, Oh, my boss said I have big tits. Oh, it's just, that's just bar culture. Do you think yeah. that's the reason? Like people can't tell whether what you say is like serious to like because everyone in the fucking bar talks like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you if that's one of the reasons, right? So how do how do you think women? How can I say this? How do you think women should like separate from like a guy who's just playing, and that's the culture of the bar, to where like oh you cross the line. Um, to me, it's like, it's all about like solidarity. Like if somebody's like playing around with shit like that to me and like, I don't think it's funny. And it's somebody that I don't know, like with all things, if I'm friends with somebody and like, we have a rapport and it's like, we have like dirty humor or something like that. That's like my friend. But if it's like somebody I don't know, I'm just like, fuck off, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I feel very empowered to say that. Cause like, I'm comfortable in the bars uh where i'm just like i don't want to fucking talk to you it doesn't matter if you're sexually harassing me or not like if i don't want to fucking talk to you i'm not going to talk to you but like yeah. if you're my friend and my homie uh and you know we have a certain like level of rapport and like maybe we do talk that way like that's something that's like between us but if it's like somebody where it's like they want to get to that level and i'm not going to do it it's like i'm not going to do that like i don't have to take this like mm -hmm. fuck no <laughs> like fuck off yeah that's how i feel how do you feel about cat calling cat calling um I guess, like, my opinion on it, like, I think at one point I had a stronger opinion on it, and there's been, like, a huge, like, anti-catcalling movement. Do you like the attention? Do I like the attention? No, it's, like, it can be very dangerous, but I, in all honesty, like, I live in North Berkeley, there ain't nobody out there catcalling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so mean, you, so you don't hate it, or you, or you don't love it? Um, I guess like I haven't been around it often enough to like remember how much it sucks. Like I'm, it's like I haven't even been in downtown Oakland. Like it's like if I'm in downtown Oakland, like and we're hanging out at bars and people are like, "Hey, what's up? Like you look good." Like I don't know. Like it's it's like a different like atmosphere. I don't know. It's just been so long since it happened. I guess I don't miss it. I guess I never loved it. Um, but also like don't mind talking to strangers sometimes. So when you when you go out. You don't mind like a uh, like guys hitting on you constantly. Um, I mean, definitely. There's like for me, there's like definite social boundaries that I have, and I know how to handle myself, and I know how to like communicate with somebody that they've crossed the line. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I don't mind it. It's like I'm at a bar. Like sometimes I don't want to talk to people. Like if I don't want to talk to somebody, like I had an experience, like obviously a couple months ago at a bar where it's like I was there eating lunch and doing work and this dude was like trying to like chat me up and I was like, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, and I was like, Yeah, like just because like I'm a woman at a bar alone doesn't mean that like I'm here to like serve you in like this social function. Like oh, yeah, actually, that's, that's how guys, I, you can see me working. I have my laptop out and I was like, Dude, I'm working. It's crazy that if you're in a bar alone and if you even get, if a woman gets eye contact with a guy, they already assume, oh, they assume like, oh, okay. Or even if you just smile at a guy, you just like at a friend, <laughs> like, oh, hi. That guy will take it to the extreme. Oh, I have. But only, weirdo, only weirdos do that. Yeah, I'm like, I have no problem like shutting it down. Like I've been at a bar where it's like me with my girlfriends and like we're at one side of the bar and they'll be like, oh, this dude keeps on like looking at us and it's like super uncomfortable. And I'll be like, which guy? Mm. I'll like look over and like make eye contact with him and just be like this, <laughs> flip him off. But usually, of course, I know a lot of people who work in bars and I feel very safe in bars. So mm. I kind of like use that sense of safety to like tell dudes to fuck off. Have you ever... Uh like saw a guy at a bar and tried to holler at him and then got turned down oh absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely okay yeah you want to give me a, a story about that uh you wanted me to like dissect my rejection <laughs> this is so fun <laughs> i mean it's, it's very rare where women get rejected yeah i mean i guess it's not like like the same kind of rejection that like men get, but it's like, I've definitely like hit on a dude and then realized like, Oh, he's like with his girlfriend. Like this is inappropriate or like mm -hmm. talk to a dude. And like, he's not really on like my vibe because it's like, I'm a bar person and maybe I'm getting like super drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like, cause honestly it's been a while. <laughs> the last time I got rejected at a bar, it was probably like, uh, Oh yeah. I would say the last time I got rejected at a bar, it was definitely like a dude that I was like, kind of, it was a dude that I was sleeping with and we were both on dates. Well, with that shit don't count. Oh, you slept with him already. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I guess I was I'm talking about that. a guy you just met and it was like, uh, a guy I, I just met, you, but he was like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, gosh, I'm it, like, it has happened, but it's been so long and it's been so like few and far between. I can't really think of anything specific. Anyways, I've never been rejected in the brutal ways that I have rejected men at a bar, if that's what you're asking. Have you ever slept with a dude who weighs like 300 pounds? Um, I think so. That's kind of hard to forget if you fucked a fat ass dude. Okay, I don't really, I'm not really good at the whole weight thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've definitely fucked somebody who was like 275 maybe? Mm. I don't know. What are some things that you like uh, about a man's body like what i mean like uh you know uh, guys are, i like tits <laughs> guys are like oh, I like, i'm a titty man or i'm an ass man or i'm a leg man what are, what type of girl um, are you when it comes to i definitely like uh dudes who are bigger than me like taller than me or at least as tall as me mm -hmm. um and like curve as curvy as i am like i don't like super skinny guys mm-hmm I like I like an ass. I appreciate a man's ass for sure. Okay. So you watch a lot of football then? That's what, that's what you're <laughs> Not anymore. I mean, the NFL's <laughs> been fucking up. <laughs> All right. Um, so you, uh, what bar, what's your favorite bars? Do you, <laughs> when it when it comes to bars, let me let me rephrase that question. 
because everyone has certain well i i go to certain bars for certain reasons so when it comes to like if you want to meet a guy what's your favorite bar to go to oh my favorite bar to go to to meet a guy gosh i mean so bars have been closed for three months i'm like i don't remember (laughs) i mean so when i was younger wow ruby room wow that was a choice (laughs) um nowadays i think if i were like trying to like meet a dude i'd probably like if I was like going out cruising, like for sure, hardcore, I'd probably go to more of like a grown in sexy bar. Like maybe I'd go to like a West Day or Somar, or I used to go to like Here's How when they were open, 355, Drexel. Yeah. Moi. Downtown okay. Oakland, but less dive bars. What's your f- favorite bar to go to for cheap drinks? cheap drinks um wherever my friends are working (laughs) which i have friends who work at ruby room so it's a good spot for me it's a ruby room yeah what is your favorite bar to go to uh to hear like good music oh to hear good music uh like I guess like Somar and Starline are good places to like hear good music and like down and like dance. Yeah, Starline is my favorite. Bar, yeah. Period. Yeah, I'd say actually, I don't know how I forgot Starline would be a good like pickup bar too. Starline is good for like everything. Yeah. It has everybody in there, like any type of race. <laughs> Everyone's stylish and attractive. Yeah. It's huge. It's big. So, I mean, if you want to dance, you can dance. If you just want to chill, there's you can chill. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do love Starlight. God, it's like it's been so long. I've been in a bar. I'm like, yeah. What well, I said, it, this shit is gonna open up on Friday. Yeah. Well, that's what I heard. Have you heard that? I have heard that. I know that they're doing it county by county, and I haven't checked to see what Alameda County has said. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely kind of interested because like places were gonna be opening up, and like for my job, I was talking to a lot of them, but then the protests happened. So there's like a lot of like stuff around that. That's kind of like slowed down some people for sure. Did your, uh, establishment get vandalized? Um, so I don't know if you saw radio got like fucked up. I work with them. Yeah. But I'm assuming because it's like right there where the shit happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did people like run in it and like vandalize or just do a rock through a window or something? They like bash in the door and looted all the liquor. Oh damn. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. So what are they doing about it? They are just restocking and like what? Yeah. I mean, I know that there's like some downtown fund that's like bringing money to um, the bars and restaurants that have been impacted by this. I don't know what they're doing specifically, but it's like they got to replace their door. They got to replace their inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when uh, you work out of radio? Um, I, I work with radio, so they like buy some of my stuff. Okay. So when, let's say like, on Friday, like Oakland has permission to open up bars and everything. What would change about your job? What would change about my job? I mean, so the bars would probably start selling more liquor. Like they, a lot of bars have been doing like bottle shop stuff where they'll like sell bottles or they'll sell to go cocktails. But obviously it's like, you think about like a slam and Friday night, like you can sell like hundreds of drinks. Like if you're selling to go cocktails out of your bar or just straight bottles, you're not really going to like meet that same amount of revenue. Mm. So hopefully when the bars reopen, like it helps them increase their revenue and increase their sales. And then as a salesperson, that would increase my sales too. So you said, you said now you're just doing like, like calls at home, right? Mm -hmm. So when, if the bars are open, are you doing like, like door to door sales at bars? 
I mean, like to some degree, like we're trying to do it as distance as possible because it's like the pandemic's still happening and like the official order is still work from home and shelter in place if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm kind of interested to see like how the bars are kind of dealing with like there's new restrictions about like, you know, how far apart people can be and like all this other stuff. Like if I don't have to go in, like I'm not trying to go in just because it's not only about my risk, it's about the risk of everybody else. It's like if I go to like 10 bars in a day, that's a lot of people that I'm talking to. If yeah. one person is sick, that's a lot of pe- new people getting sick too. So if uh, when the shit opens up, right, do you think people are going to act like give a fuck or they're just going to like <laughs> or is it going to be like a free fall? Like every bar is going to be crowded. Like, Man. what do you think? I mean, like, because I think I think no. As soon as they get that word that these bars are open, this this shit's going to be crowded. Yeah, people absolutely. are not people are not going to care. Yeah, I the virus is agree. still out there. They're not they're not even going to be thinking about the shit. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I don't know, like one of my really good friends was like, "Day one opening, I'm going to be there," and I was like, "I don't want to go day <laughs> one. All the day one people will be there. <laughs> like, let's go day five. Oh yeah, it's good. I mean, it's going to be crowded. I mean, it's going to I've think it's going to be something that people have never fucking seen the bars are going to make so fucking much money because first of yeah. all people are, are just going to go because they fucking miss being in a bar mm-hmm. people are going to go because they're horny and they like <laughs> going to bars is the only time <laughs> going to bars is the only time where they can like meet women and shit because not everybody's into like tinder and all that yeah all that internet shit and then there's going to be people who just want to go support and like give money back to the community and the bars and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a shit show of drunk motherfuckers at every single bar. It's going to be like first Friday. Yeah, totally. But instead of one day out the month, <laughs> it's going to be like that for like a week straight. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know what people have been doing at home. I know people have been drinking a lot. I'm oh, just yeah. like, <laughs> people are ready for some new shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, people are, I mean, not everybody can make like a fucking whiskey sour or fucking whatever the fuck drinks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people want a, people want a cocktail. Yeah. Totally. I mean, they're selling, some bars are like selling, still selling drinks, but you just can't go in. You can just stand out in the street on the side yeah. of drink. I know the Avenue does that sometimes. And yeah. then there's this bar on, um, by the lake over there where uh, that Trader Joe's is. Oh, uh, Libertine? I don't know the name of it, oh. but they. Uh, I walked by there one afternoon, and they were like selling drinks and cocktails. Yeah, because I I think Oakland passed a law now that the bars are closed that you can drink on the street now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody getting a ticket for it, so yeah, there's exactly, that. Exactly. Do you miss the bar scene? Yeah, I miss the bar scene. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's weird. Like in a way. I really miss the bar scene early on, but in a way I've like adapted too, which is also kind of like the scary thing when I think about what's going on. It's like at first, like people were kind of like going crazy and then it's like, well, it's been three months. Like you kind of have to learn how to deal with it. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. I'm used to being like at home. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just like, feel like when I go to the bar, I'm going to be like super socially awkward and like have forgotten all my social skills and everyone's going to be getting like super drunk and be like super awkward because I haven't been in a room with like more than five people in like three months. So yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> a uh, like you're, like I, a lot of guys are like, I, I haven't hollered at a girl in like two months. Like they lost their little yeah. their swag, I guess. Hey man, that's what the internet's for. That's why I'm <laughs> on it. <laughs> Do you think a lot of people go to be in the bars with masks and shit? I mean, so I think in like the Bay Area, yeah, but th- I mean, there's some people that's, who are just that's stupid. Right. Like you're in a bar trying to drink with a mask on, like come on. <laughs> I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I think like shit's just gonna happen, and we're just gonna be like, well, this is how we do it now. Yeah. 
Like some, like I know some people who are like super hardcore. Like I've had friends who are like, like I saw my friend like two weeks ago and she's like, you're one of the first like people I've seen in like three months. And I was like, seriously, like you didn't see your family. You didn't see your friend. She was like, no isolation in my house. And I was like, I didn't do that, but you know, mm. you live <laughs> you with roommates. You. Yeah. I live with roommates and it's like, I see friends and family still. That's oh, so why your roommates don't care about, uh, having <laughs> guests and shit over. They don't like guests over. Like that was the concession I gave them. I was like, cool. I won't invite people over. I'll go to other people's houses. But yeah, yeah. It, is, it is Berkeley. You live with like college students. Um, I have, I live with like a grad student and like hippy dippy, hippy dippy people, which is like fine. I was like, that's cool. I'll just, I'll just leave. It's fine. Mm. So, uh, you have new roommates now, right? Yeah. What are they like? Well, we've picked one new roommate and she's like super sweet. Like, I think like everyone I'm going to be living with is going to be like involved in like education and like some level, which is nice. When I think about like roommates, like I've, I've lived in party houses before. Like it was fun, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to like come home to something calm and leave to go to the parties as opposed to coming home to the party. Have you ever lived with a a guy before as a roommate? Oh yeah. You said you lived with a guy, but he was gay. Have you ever lived with a straight man before? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> what happened with that? Um, We were like really, really good friends. And it was actually like kind of awesome at that point in my life because like everyone was just kind of like freewheeling and doing their stuff. I was like doing my blog. I was like super into hookup culture. And it was definitely like really interesting to like have like a really close like straight male roommate that I didn't sleep with because it kind of you like... You never slept with him? I had slept with him like years ago, but like when we were living together, we were sleeping together. It was definitely like really interesting to think about like the way that having like a straight male roommate like supplemented some of like the emotional needs that like because I was like being single and like into hookup culture and not didn't have a boyfriend that like having a straight male roommate like kind of like checked a couple boxes, which turned out to be toxic and codependent, but it was definitely interesting. Have you ever uh, lived with someone, a straight man that you were attracted to? Uh, yes. And did you guys hook up? Yes. Okay. Multiple times? Yeah, actually, I wound up getting in a relationship. I was like 18. I wound up getting in a relationship with the dude. Mm. Yeah. So you don't think, do you think you can live with someone? Uh, do you think you can have a male roommate that you're attracted to and not have sex with him? Mm, I mean, so I I would like to think I'm at the this mature point in my life where like that would be a non-issue, but I'm always o- open to circumstances. Uh, mm. it, but I'm also like not gonna like pressure anybody. Yeah, it would have to be like very very mutual. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, me personally, I, I don't. I would never be able to live with a woman that I'm sexually attracted to. Yeah. Because I mean, something's gonna happen. Yeah. There's gonna be <laughs> there's gonna be one night we're just like sitting on the couch like watching TV or something drinking and then the next thing you know they're fucking and shit. So yeah, it, you definitely have to like hold on to that like jealousy thing, especially as roommates. That's mm-hmm. the thing about like looking for roommates right now. I talked to one of my roommate. I'm like, how do you say to somebody? How do you discern from like a 30 minute roommate interview? Like, am I okay with like hearing this person have sex and I'm okay with having this person hear me have sex without actually saying that? Cause it's like a little too forward, but that's my like roommate mentality. What's the ratio in your house? Uh, ratio. Well, like so men, women. We're like five women. We've been five women and it's, it's chill. And you're and everyone wants all women. 
Yeah. I mean, it was all women when I moved in. That was cool. And we're just kind of like clicking with women a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's a very like feminine space. It's very clean feminine space. Do you, I mean, I'm assuming, is everyone single in the house? No. What's the ratio on that? Um, I'd say, so right now, um, there's three of us who are like the old school roommates. Um, my one roommate just started dating somebody. One of the roommates who's moving in has a boyfriend and then we're still deciding on like the last roommate. Um, and then I'm fairly single. Yeah. Have you ever like all the girls chilling in the house and then one of the girls brings a guy that they're talking to home and then they try to hit on you? Oh, with the dudes? Yeah. Okay, not with these dudes. Uh, so the people that I'm living with are definitely like very different from me in the sense that like, um, they're not big drinkers. They're not bar people. They're not like hookup culture people. Mm -hmm. Um, and like if, and all the dudes that they bring home, like if they fucking tried me, I would just be like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Cause I would just like laugh them out of the house. Mm. Um, I guess in terms of like dudes doing that, I can't really like specifically think of anything like in the house. I mean, I've definitely been in that situation before with like my friends' boyfriends where they're just like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> so you never fucked none of your friends' boyfriends on the low? I mean, yeah, I have, but <laughs> that what? was like a long time ago. <laughs> wow. I, I had done it, but it's like, uh, so after having. So you're, you're, you're saying that you fucked one of your friends' boyfriends while they were together? Yeah. But I was like 23, and honestly, after that happened, I was like, "This was so not worth it." Like, my female friends are so much more important to me. Like, was this like a one-time thing? Yeah, it was like a one-time thing, and I just was like, "It was, it was such a stupid mistake." And I was like, "I definitely learned my lesson." How did it happen? It happened like it was just like people in the party scene. It's like everybody parties together. Like every, you know, it's like when people like kick it. It's like people just all happen to be there together. And sometimes mm -hmm. some people are there, and some people aren't. Mm -hmm. And like my friend at the time, she was like. Well, she had like three boyfriends, so she was like with one of her other boyfriends. So like the boyfriend was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I am not hanging out with anybody." And it was like, it was it was a mistake. And I'm like, "Oh, that's not the person I am." Did like, your friend? Did your friend it. find out about it? Yeah. No, what happened, you guys? She was she mad? Yeah, she was mad, but we made up because she had like other boyfriends and like moved on and like et cetera, et cetera. Did you continue to sleep with the guy? Oh no, it was a one time thing. Okay, so that yeah. only had that only that situation only happened once. Yes. Okay. Has any of your friends slept with any of your guys? Um. Let me think. Within the last couple of years, no. But I've definitely had like overlap before. I'd say like the most like crushing one was like I was like dating this dude, and it was kind of on and off, and then I started dating this chick. And like, I wasn't super into it because it's like, I'm pretty straight. But then she found out about the dude that I was still sleeping with him and she like confronted me and like, we broke up. And then a month later, I found out that they were in a relationship and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. <laughs> that pissed me off. I think she did that despite on spite. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was intense, mm. <laughs> but they had a horrible relationship. So mm. they got what they deserved. <laughs> Does it turn you on to hear other people have sex? Um, yeah, I'm into it. Which is why the house I live in now, it's like, I can't really, I've never heard anybody else have sex in my house, but they've definitely heard me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, it's only a one-way street. Are you loud? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I live in an old house with thin walls. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, 
I mean, since we're on the sex subject, what do you like uh, sexually? Oh, gosh. You already said you like BDSM and all that, but what else? I mean, I feel like that's such, like, a broad question. Like, I don't know. I've definitely been on dates with dudes where they're like, what are you into? And it's like, well, this is the stuff that I'm into. But also, if I'm not, like, fundamentally attracted to you on, like, this animal level, like, it's not going to matter if you do, if you follow the correct formula of things that, like, my ex did that, like, made me come a lot. Mm. doesn't mean that you're going to do it because like we had a connection and like what's my connection with you and like i'm always like i don't really like say no to anything like i like people who are into kinky stuff and like sometimes the weirder the better but it's like it's not necessarily like make or break it's not like you have to like do this to me or else like this is a bad experience you're at anal sex oh yeah totally (laughs) (laughs) are you into it yeah i'm totally into it it's in all honesty, it's been a while since I've done that. It was the first time you had anal sex. First time I had anal sex was probably 23. And what was that like? Did you like shit on yourself? <laughs> no, that's never happened. Fuck up the sheets? No, that's never happened. It's always been like, I don't know. Anal sex is definitely wait, wait, like wait, 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 wait a minute. Did you plan it when you had it? Because, no. I mean, if you didn't plan anal sex... You, def- did, you definitely shit in on okay, yourself. Okay, definitely the first time I had anal sex, I was like, damn, this hurts. And like, that's cool. <laughs> I've learned over time that there's like a lot of things you have to do for like anal sex to make it like You gotta clean pleasant. yourself out. You gotta take that pill. You, yeah, know what I'm totally. you gotta walk around with a butt plug. Yeah, I'm like, I don't do anal sex in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. That's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but it's definitely, that's definitely like kind of a process too, where it's just like, and that one's like, I had to be like pretty comfortable with somebody. I'd say the last time I did, it, not the last time I had anal sex, but the last time I did like butt stuff with somebody, it's like we were like hanging out afterwards and like, you know, I farted and he was like, I can't what? believe you farted in <laughs> front of me. And I was like, you literally just like loosen up my like anal sphincter. Like I can't hold it in. And like, I think that you should like be forgiving of this because of like the physiological aspect of it. Cause I normally don't ever do that. Wait, wait. So was it a loud fart? No, it wasn't a loud fart. It was like, it a wasn't all those long, like farts <laughs> no, that last no, like 30 no, no, seconds no. and shit. It was just like, it was like a small one. And I was like, my sphincter isn't like holding it that little guy in right now. Okay. Like oh, we, wow. you have to understand like sex is like, and the way it impacts the rest of the body. Like this is what happens. Okay. Have you ever, do you do you have you ever nutted while someone was in your ass? Oh yeah, totally. Are you a squirter? Uh, no, not a squirter. I mean, it's one of those things. I have done it before. Some people say it's just a parlor trick. It's not like a parlor trick I've ever mastered or been unable to control either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you squirted before? Yes. Do you like squirting? It was kind of a non-event for me you're basically peeing that's what you're doing yeah <laughs> a lot of girls don't think they that's what they're doing but i mean you know i'm into bdsm piss doesn't bother me or people i sleep with in all honesty <laughs> have you ever let a guy piss on you yes what about shit on you no that's kind of like a little extra for me no? you wouldn't <laughs> let a guy shit on you So when I think about like the things that I haven't done that are kind of like in an extremely kinky realm, like uh, fecal play, uh, and I think about the people... That's what it's called? Fecal play? Yes, it's called fecal play. (laughs) You got names for everything. Uh, Yeah, so when I think about that, I'm just kind of like, okay, I think about the things that I haven't done and the things that I have qualms about doing, and I think about like 
getting into BDSM and the people I've gotten into it with and like my level of comfort. Like if a dude wanted to like shit on me, that ain't some hookup shit. That is some like, yo, we've been in this thing for like five years. I fucking love you. Like we're married or we have kids. And this is like a kink that like you have to explore. And like, we're super solid on this. And you like have to do this now for some reason. And I love you so much that I can't say no. Like under that circumstance, I would consider it not even necessarily do it. Cause I haven't been in that circumstance, but that would, that would be like, if somebody were to bring that up to me, it would have to be in that circumstance to start that conversation. What was the wildest thing you've ever done while having sex? Uh, I guess the wildest thing I've done while having sex. Um, I don't know. I guess. A drinking piss is probably the craziest thing. <laughs> oh shit! Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Drinking piss. Yeah. BDSM man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time out, time out. Let's stay on this for a minute. <laughs> oh no no so, no! Uh, cutting, cutting is the craziest one. What the fuck is cutting? Uh, so it's called crimson showers, and uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Learn so much. Yeah, I, I, I've also I did I did something that was like kind of puke playish one time, but it wasn't like during sex. But so uh, crimson showers would be the definitely the craziest thing I've requested and like attempted. Um, I was wait, going wait, first some of all, you got to tell me what crimson showers is. Crimson showers is when you cut somebody while you're having sex and like they start bleeding and you do what you will with the blood. What? <laughs> yeah. Someone cuts you while they're fucking you cut yeah. you where uh so he cut me and then he also cut himself but the knife was very dull so it was kind of like anticlimactic but i like appreciated the effort like where did he cut effort. you um i think it was like uh he cut himself on his shoulder and i think he cut me on my calf yeah on my leg he cut you twice um he so the the blade was very dull so it was about, like, like aids and shit cutting <laughs> people cutting each other it aids from cutting somebody i, I mean, mean well his blood mixed with your blood i mean if we're ha- we were having unprotected sex so like at that point blood was a non-issue mm, okay <laughs> in terms of like stds but uh yeah so that happened and then uh, so the other craziest thing that that happened that i thought was like super kinky was like after a night of like partying i was like feeling like super nauseous and like but i like was like dry heaving and stuff and he like followed me to the bathroom and like grabbed me and like made me and stuck his fingers down my throat and like made me puke and then like smeared the puke in my face and then like threw me in the shower and like pissed on me and then this is a guy that you knew yeah somebody i was seeing yeah okay this was like a relationship. This is like the type of thing that you get from like a relationship, ah. not like a casual thing. This is like, I've been sleeping with this person for years. So explain to me this pissing shit. Like, was that the same guy that you drunk as pee? Yeah, totally. That was the, all the same person with like the, these things. So yeah. did he pee in your mouth or pee in a cup and you drank it with some ice cubes? Or something? <laughs> First he pissed on me and then he was like, so golden showers is messy so it was like we were like hooking up and like fucking and then like we go to the then he like dragged me by my hair into the bathroom threw me in the tub pissed on me and was like you gotta open up your mouth and drink it too and that's it's also really intense (laughs) to like do that because it's like it's hard to do so you you opened your mouth he stuck his dick in your mouth started peeing yeah and you just started drinking well i was like kind of like not wanting to swallow it because like it tastes disgusting but in your tongue yeah but he was like he was like you have you have to drink it we were in a dominant submissive relationship so obviously i had to like do it so was that your first time drinking pee 
Um, that was my first time drinking pee. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So you you drunk the pee and then it like you yeah. didn't wake up and have some worms in your stomach or anything. Had to go to the fucking <laughs> hospital. No. Although I've heard those stories before. Wow. No, it's fine. I mean, it's it. it what did the pee taste like? It. It, so it smells like it, it tastes like it smells and then it's like super like intensely like gross and bitter at the back end like super super bitter and like it, you're just like you know that's why you're not supposed to drink it because it tastes gross yeah <laughs> but you didn't throw up you just, it just went down easy i didn't throw up it didn't go down easy <laughs> but it went down <laughs> all right yeah yeah so. did you ever pee on a guy i have never peed on a guy I'm open to it, but it's just uh, not really something that is like on my to-do list. I was Tell me, I'm, I'm assuming you swallow nut also, right? Oh yeah, totally. It's nutritious. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! So a person can't even have regular sex with you because you'll be like, "Oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this, shit is, this shit is boring." Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like intimidating yeah like totally I, really like- I mean it's fine i still have like vanilla sex with people or it's like if i have a connection with somebody like yeah it's fucking fun mm. i would say like all the like bdsm stuff it's like i don't have to have it but also if somebody's gonna like turn their nose up at like certain shit i'm gonna be like okay that's basic and boring like mm-hmm. whatever what uh i mean i'm assuming you you're you you experienced with drugs What's your drug of choice? Alcohol. Alcohol? Yeah. Alcohol makes... What drug makes you like horny, horny? Alcohol. Alcohol? Yeah. You tried cocaine before? Oh, yeah, totally. Acid and all the LSD and all that crazy Man, shit. I've done acid once and I'm, like, I'm really open to the idea of doing it again, but it just it's not an opportunity that comes up frequently for me. So yeah. Mushrooms? Uh, same thing with mushrooms. I'd love to do mushrooms again, but just never happens. I tried ketamine earlier this year. Drank it? Uh, ketamine? I snorted ketamine. I snorted ketamine. It made me fall asleep, so pass. But do you like cocaine? Uh, I'm okay on cocaine. I mean, I think cocaine is one of those things where I wind up doing it when I've had a lot to drink, and it's like a party atmosphere, and like it, it seems like the thing to do. It's not something I seek out. And honestly, like people talk about cocaine being like this amazing high. It doesn't really do that for me. It's just mm. like when I do it, I'm always like, this did nothing for me except make me feel cool for snorting cocaine. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. So uh, what, what do you. Well, I, for, I forgot what the fuck I was about to ask you. <laughs> All right. So let's just do this. This is the time where you uh, can promote yourself. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm guessing like, I mean, if you want to promote your business, if you want to promote your Instagram, or if you want people to reach out to you, I mean, I mean someone, a little girl, Catholic girl might hear this and be like, you know what? I want to, I want to dick in my ass too. Let me talk to this girl for some advice. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, if, if whatever you want to share to the public, because thousands and thousands of people li- listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! No, I'm nervous. So uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck! No, I didn't prepare this. I didn't do that. I, that was a joke. <laughs> so yeah, if you whatever you information you want to give out, uh, that's your choice. Yeah. But uh, this is this is the time to do it. 
Um, well, my Instagram is Oakland Alcohol. Um, I know you can see all the brands I work with. Uh, I work with like, well, now I feel weird like promoting work stuff after having said all that dirty sex stuff. So I'll just yeah, skip yeah, the brands maybe. I work with less. <laughs> then my brand back. customers in. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can check out my Instagram though. <laughs> um, and then the blog that I have now is a blog about the devil.com. It's like, it's not as like salacious as fuck feast, which was fuckfeast.net. Um, it's not as salacious as that. It's more kind of like, I guess like I don't do like crazy hookup culture stuff anymore. So I'll write about other stuff. Can people still find the fuck feast blog, uh, in yes. anywhere and like read? Yeah. Fuckfeast.net fuckfeast.net yes okay. got that old dot net going for me <laughs> <laughs> all right so they can go on there and just like read your past writings and all that yeah yeah totally okay, that's cool yeah all right <laughs> so fuckfeast.net and uh oakland alcohol that's your instagram um all right well pilar <laughs> this was an amazing uh conversation yeah, thanks for prying into my soul <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got to do this again yeah um <laughs> I'm like, I don't if i have anything left after this like damn <laughs> well you could come on when i have like a round table episode oh i'm i'm hella down and uh i don't know what the subject will be but <laughs> i'll throw some kinky yeah, shit yeah, in there whatever. <laughs> we could talk about uh like pizza and then you could start talking about some crazy shit that, <laughs> yeah, you, did totally. with, that you did with pizza <laughs> <laughs> pizza gate right <laughs> yeah so this is everyday celebrity uh thank you pilar reyes for joining me and you got any last words? Well, I am very excited that you had me here. And thanks for this. This was <laughs> definitely uh, got me talking. <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> and we are out. You.